0: back to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network and on the X-Zone Broadcast Network and our vast and growing family of broadcast affiliates across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, Africa, and Europe. If you'd like to send an email, Zone at X-Zone Radio TV dot com on MSN Messenger, Radio TV at hotmail.com, and our website, www.XZoneRadioTV.com. My guest this hour is uh, Chris Schweitzer, and we're going to be talking about parallel universes. And uh, Chris, welcome to the x Hi. The
1: x wow. What an honor for me to speak with you today, Rob.
0: Well, it's great having you with us. Thanks for taking time out of your very busy day to join us here in the x Chris. And uh, one of the questions I'd like to start off with, Chris, is what is the anthropic or anthropic principle?
1: The anthropic principle is pretty much the gathering of universes into a, our universe. It, it accounts for our presence, the fact that life exists in this universe, that the universe itself is so finely tuned that it's actually impossible for us to be here. Uh, let, me, let me get into that a little deeper, yeah, please. please. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't want anyone to be confused. It, it, it's, it's a principle that's concerned with physics and cosmology, and there are certain fundamental principles in the physical constants, things like oh, the charge of the electron, uh, the weight of a proton. They're so finely tuned that if the electron was just a little bit higher or just a little bit lower in its energy, it would either fly away from the atom or crash into the nucleus. And the fact that this fine-tuned universe allowing life and matter to exist, in physics, is impossible hmm. without other universes, that's so, that sound?
0: So, so, So tell me, this isn't the only universe? Are there parallel universes?
1: There are parallel universes. There's, uh, there's no question of that. Uh, the fact that you and I are talking right now, mm-hmm. using electronics, is a function of parallel universes. So
0: now
1: there's, there's laboratory, physics laboratories
0: mm-hmm.
1: where it's proven every day. Uh, a very simple thing. It's called the Slit Screen Experiment. And any one of your listeners can do this. All you need is a piece of cardboard, a razor blade, and a flashlight. You take the little piece of cardboard and you put two thin slits in it. Okay. Then take your flashlight Mm -hmm. and shine it through those two thin slits. Now, what you'd expect to see is two lines reflected on the, the wall or the desk in front of you, on the other side of that little piece of cardboard.
0: Oh, sure you would, because you've made two slits.
1: But you don't. You see an, a near infinite number of slits. Each one of those other slits is a photon from another universe. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but it's a fact. And uh, anyone who's interested can Wikipedia uh, or Google Anthropic Principle and uh, multiple universes or parallel universes, and you can read page after page of how it actually happens. Now, my book is about how our universe came into being from a collision. You still with me?
0: Uh, I, I'm listening very intently, but what I'd like to do, Chris, is I'd like to take a commercial break now because I, I've got a funny feeling that what you're going to tell me is going to blow me away and uh, we won't be able to get my total uh, reaction in 30 seconds. Okay. Chris Schweitzer's our special guest. www.chrisschweitzerbooks.com All right, guys. In the control room, they've got their uh, flashlight out and they've got their little piece of cardboard. This ought to be interesting. Stick to producing the show. We'll talk about parallel universes during this commercial break. My name's Rob McConnell. This is The X-Zone, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the all-new X-Zone Broadcast Network and our good friends at Talkstar. You take it easy. back to the excellent everyone i'd like to um i'd like to say hello to my producer tonight to who is mac alexander he's also the programming director for the exxon broadcast network he's sitting in for our regular producer who is off with the flu and uh thanks mac you actually got the song right this time peaceful easy feeling by the eagles our special guest this hour exxon nation is chris schweitzer we're talking about parallel universes now um Uh, All right, you started to tell us uh, a bit of a uh, a bit of a story, and I and I stopped you because we were going to the commercial break. And I was wondering if you could back up and start it again.
1: Okay, Uh, I was going to tell you about the Big Bang. That's right. The Big Bang was really a big bump.
0: It was a what?
1: A big bump. A big bump. B U M P, like a bumper car.
0: Who did we bump with? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, what they believe now, and it's a, it's a consensus among physicists and cosmologists, is that the Big Bang was the result of two parallel universes banging into each other.
0: How can that happen?
1: Well, there's a, there's a theory that's been around for a little while now. It's mm-hmm. called string theory. Yeah. And string theory says that all the little tiny particles that make up atoms are not little particles. They're little strings. And for that to be true, there has to be other dimensions, places that are beyond the up and down, right and left, forward and backward, and the fourth dimension, which is time. Mm -hmm. And they've calculated uh, that there's probably 11 dimensions and these other tiny, tiny dimensions, which we can't see, in fact, we'd never be able to, to measure them because they're smaller than a wavelength of light. Irregardless, there is one of these dimensions, which they call the 11th dimension. It's also known as superspace. Well, that's where our universe and all these other universes are floating around. A professor at New York University called it, it's like, bubbles in a sea of bubbles. Now, these universes that are floating around in the 11th dimension Mm -hmm. sometimes bang into each other, and when that happens, you get a big bang. That's the only way they can conceive of how much energy there was that created the big bang in the first place
0: but it this i'm i'm having a bit of a problem and i hope you can help me understand this if parallel sure. universes are not occupying the same place in time and for example they would be on different levels how can they collide being parallel universes now if they were two separate universes occupying the same place In time and space, I can understand it, but parallel universes usually don't uh, coexist with each other.
1: Well, there are two things that make up matter. Okay. Uh, One of them is called the fermion. And a fermion cannot be in two places at the same time. Fermions are things like... uh, mm, Electrons, protons, neutrons. Mm-hmm. There's other little guys called bosons. Now, they they can occupy the same, what they call the quantum state, the same place, at the same time, in an infinite number. Now, infinity is an awful lot. But if you can imagine the 11th dimension as being a void... Okay. And in that void, it can't be filled. And you've got universes that exist for a split second. They don't have enough energy to maintain themselves. You'll have other universes that are nothing but energy. Other universes where, like I said before, the electron may have a higher or lower charge. Right those universes, matter will never congeal. Other universes are are like flat sheets. Other ones are like donuts with holes in them. Anything you can imagine. And that's the point, that there's an infinite number of these universes. And since there's an infinite number, then anything you can imagine, or that can be imagined, happens. In other words, there's a universe out there where Elvis Presley is still alive. There's a universe out there where the dinosaurs never went extinct. There's a universe out there where you are, but you're a woman. There's a universe out there where your parents never got together and you were never born. Now, these, there's different Remember I mentioned the fermions yes. and the bosons, right? Mm-hmm. Well, these other parallel universes that are right here and right now are like bosons. They, they take up the same space at the same time. And again, there's, there's plenty of evidence to prove that. One is the slit screen, mm-hmm. which we talked about with a flashlight and a piece of cardboard. Or you can take a, a, a laser pointer and shoot it at a, a glass of whiskey or a, a cut wine glass, and you'll see it sparkling off. Yeah. Well, each one of those little dots of sparkle are different photons that come into existence in the here and now. You mentioned it a minute ago when you said time and that's really the key to all this crazy stuff about other dimensions and multiple universes and parallel universes
0: is is that because we don't understand time as it really is
1: absolutely that's that's why you have this show <laughs> cuz you can figure out stuff like that it took me years and years to try to understand what's going on with time and of course it's right in our face that when our universe was made it was only one in a line of universes in other words there was a universe that was made just before ours and there was a universe that mm-hmm. was made right after ours so one of these universes that came before us it's still moving along with us through what we call time. Right. It's in the future. But it's it's moving right along with us.
0: And there's another one that's, one that's that. created right after us that is following us in the past.
1: That's right. Now, you ever heard of a fellow named Albert Einstein?
0: Uh, vaguely.
1: Well, he's the guy who told us that time is... Time is... Uh, fluid. Mm -hmm. It's part of space. It's a geometric thing. And it it, it's only relative to the observer. That is, if, if I'm looking at one thing, and I'm moving towards it, and you're looking at something and you're moving away from it, we're seeing two different things. You're seeing the thing going away, I see it coming. And then Einstein says, well, there's a law in this universe, and he makes that Specific this universe Mm -hmm. uh, of the speed limit of light, 186,000 miles a second, and nothing can go faster. But then he goes a step further and says, "Okay, you're going 186,000 miles an hour. You're moving. You're sitting on a beam of light. You turn your headlights on, and your headlights are moving away from you at the same speed. It's impossible. That's where all this multiple universe." Parallel universe, extra dimension stuff comes from it comes from paradoxes, it comes from phenomena like the slit screen, like photons scattering off of a piece of cut glass. These things they have no answer except for the fact that there is other universes. Let, let me just uh, ask you.
0: Let me just throw this at you, uh, Chris. Is okay, it
1: possible? Sorry? Can we get back to time as soon as you ask me this next question?
0: Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. Let's finish with time because I've got two minutes before my commercial break at the bottom of the hour with the news. So let's finish with time. All right. So go ahead.
1: Uh, Albert Einstein said that uh, people like us who believe in physics know that the distinction between the past, the present, and the future is only a stubbornly persistent illusion. In other words, there's no difference between the past, the present, and the future. It's only different to the observer. I know it's mind-meltingly complicated, but it's only that way because... Of how it's said. That uh, Nobel Prize physicist Richard Fenneman, when he talks about the electron, it, mm-hmm. the electron carries—it's it, a real thing. It's a piece of matter, and it carries energy. But it does anything it likes. It goes in any direction, at any speed, forward or backward, in time, however it likes.
0: Stand, stand by, Chris. You and I have got to take a commercial break with the news. Chris Schweitzer is our special guest, Exxon Nation, and if he's not making you sit there and scratch your head and say, okay, you know what? That's starting to make sense. That's what he's here for is to try and get some some head scratching going because this is what we do here on the Exxon is we, we get people to come on to challenge what you're thinking about. Challenge what we've been taught. The other side of the coin time, parallel universes, all this and more as the Exxon continues on the other side of this commercial break from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network and on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't go away, we'll be back after this news break. Schweitzer is our special guest of this hour. www.chrisschweitzerbooks.com. We're talking about parallel universes and uh, and time. And, and Chris, uh, what does Dr. Stephen Hawking's have to say about the the changes and the possibilities that are now being brought forward with the 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 advent of quantum mechanics and quantum physics?
1: Well, he's, he's right in the heart and soul of it, but he's very controversial. Uh, he's made claims like matter, when it goes into a black hole, mm-hmm. is lost forever. And the majority of the what are called the Copenhagen... Uh, well, the Copenhagen principle. We've got a lot of principles around here. <laughs> but... Uh, the Copenhagen principle was something that came about in the in the 1920s, and it's where the physicists sat around and mm-hmm. argued things and uh, tried to decide what's going on in the microscopic world of photons and particles, and so they they came up with what they called the Copenhagen interpretation which means these things are so small that when we go to look at them, we change them. And because we've changed them, we'll never know what they do. We can't weigh them, we can't figure out where they're going, so they came up with something, they call it probability. We can only guess about what's going on. So the Copenhagen interpretation physicists pretty much stop there. They they say, well, we can never uh, measure, we can never quantify Mm -hmm. what's going on with subatomic particles, so forget it. And Einstein and uh, some of his other buddies said, no way. There's got to be. And those guys are called classical physicists. Well, yeah, classical physicists.
0: (laughs) So you so, so, two, so you've got the so you've here. got the classical physicist, and then you've got the theoretical physicists.
1: Pretty much, yeah. That, that's okay. how you put it down. They, they they'll call themselves theoretical physicists, but it's just uh, exclusive uh, language. Try to keep everybody else out.
0: <laughs> I see. Okay, I get it. It's like a private boys' club in a think tank.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But we when, let's say you have a hydrogen atom. Mm -hmm. It's got one electron going around it. Well, when you look at that hydrogen atom, you don't really see that electron. What you see is, is a smeared cloud. So if you took a picture of that atom and observed, which fixes this, they call it the wave function collapse more of this hierarchical language, wave function collapse. That is, when you look at something, because you look at it, you fix it as an observer. So let's say we take a slide picture of that hydrogen atom, and mm-hmm. we we collapse the wave function, and there we see that electron. Well, we'll take the same hydrogen atom, take another slide picture of it, collapse the wave function, there's that electron. But it's in a different place. It's in a different orbit. It's closer or further away from the nucleus. It has a different energy level than it did. It's like it's what they call a quantum leap, where an electron goes from a higher to a lower energy level. Energy is given off, often in the form of light, which is where photons come from. Well, They can't figure it out. Why is this electron always in different paths, in different places, every time we look at it? And the only conclusion you can come to is that there is more than one electron there. There's only one electron in our universe, but all the other ones are in the other universes. that are parallel to this one, existing in the future and in the past. Now, let's take that electron out. Okay. Now the hydrogen atom doesn't have an electron. It's going to fall apart. It's going to fall apart unless another electron comes in and takes its place. Well, where are you going to get that other electron?
0: The You've other got u- a- the, universe.
1: That's exactly right. This brings us back to the anthropic principle, that the conditions are just right in this universe for matter to coalesce. And once matter coalesces, then you can have life. But you need these other universes standing by, almost like rebar and concrete, or uh, another player on the bench waiting to come in if the quarterback gets sacked. And that's the anthropic principle.
0: Let me ask you this. Is it possible... That when people are experiencing paranormal activity, such as uh, a ghost or whatever, that what is actually happening is that a certain portion of a parallel universe is breaking into this universe?
1: Well, there's certainly a lot of people that uh, think you're absolutely right.
0: What do you Uh, think?
1: I think it goes beyond all that. I think that parallel universes are the answer to a whole lot of unknowns. I actually don't. When someone talks about aliens mm-hmm. coming from another solar system, but Alpha Centauri, uh, it's,
0: uh, that's one of them
1: four light years away, it's the closest star. Mm -hmm. Traveling at the speed of light it'd take you four years to get there. Uh, Yet, a parallel universe, matter, like electrons, like photons, they're real things, go to and from these parallel universes all the time. If they didn't, you and I would not be talking right now. It's it's a, a... Fundamental law of nature.
0: So are, are you saying that what people believe to be aliens from other planets and other galaxies may in fact be travelers from other, other universes, parallel universes? That,
1: there you go. That's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. We know it's a fact that matter, solid stuff, and energy, stuff that makes solid stuff exist go to and from these parallel universes all the time. So there's no reason to think that uh, a civilization who knows that Mm -hmm. can come up with a way. It's a lot easier to move from one universe to another than one galaxy to another. And again, there's proof of what I'm talking about, of things moving to and from. Other oh, parallel universes.
0: Is it possible to time travel? Then,
1: well, we're back to time again. Remember, I said that the our universe was made. Uh, actually, in, in my theory, mm-hmm. uh, which is being published, uh, these the universes that were made before ours are infinite number. And the universes that were made after us count to about three billion years' worth of universes. In fact, Big Bangs are going on as we speak. (laughs) Big
0: Big Bangs are continuously being... Happening because all these different universes are key. uh, There's there's a constant building of these universes. So it would only make sense, based on the beginning of this conversation, that if we are the result of a bump between universes, then this is continuing.
1: Absolutely. Now, the further away you get, the stranger things happen because of what I was talking about a moment ago Mm -hmm. called probability. Uh, but within the local—well, this is called locality—in the locality of of our universe, the one that you and I are in right now, uh, the one that's just ahead of us is just a moment in time in front of us, but we we can't see it. But it's actually here. Uh, one way to think about it is, uh, oh, uh, take a string of firecrackers and light them. Bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. Pieces of smoke, pieces of paper, unburned gunpowder mixes in from one firecracker to the next firecracker to the next firecracker, and they're kind of mixed in together. And if you can think of this in a from the perspective of time, that the universe that's just a moment in front of us it is is actually here, but it, it's Ahead of us, by a what's called a Planck moment. That's the shortest amount of time that you can cut time down into. Made for named after a guy named Max Planck, physicist from Germany, uh, and an old pal of Einstein's. Anyway, Planck. This Planck moment <laughs> is only uh, is the smallest measure of time, and the other one that just happened. Uh, big bang that happened after ours. That was just a split moment. And some physicists think that we're constantly moving to and from the universe that's in front of us and the one that's behind us. Remember I was talking about electrons? Yes. And they go to and from universes and it's done in physics laboratories all over the world to show that Physics 101, look, how electrons behave in this strange way, and you've got uh, Nobel Prize-winning physicists telling you that electrons go to and from the future and into the past and any way they want to go, at any speed they want to go. Well, every atom in your body has electrons in it. So now you might... Well, if the subatomic particles that make up the atoms in my body go to and from parallel universes all the time. Now, that that opens the door for some crazy ideas, like immortality. That when you die, you just move into one of those parallel universes where you weren't dead. There's something that's being studied right now uh, and there's a lot of argument about it and probably a few fist fights. But some people, if they're driving a car, riding a bicycle, a motorcycle, just slipping and falling, it seems like time seems to slow down.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: Now some people that doesn't happen to. It happens to me.
0: Uh, I, I well, don't I don't think there's a person listening uh, tonight who has not experienced the sensation that time is slowing down during a crisis period in their lives. I don't think anyone has not had that experience.
1: Right. Well, again, there's an argument about it. If you want to fight about it, I'll fight you. <laughs> but I think what's happening there is that the other universes are a little bit confused. The, the, the probability is breaking down. Uh, the the little tiny bits of matter don't know if you're going to survive this traumatic thing. And so it takes like a shock through these very close parallel universes to sort out what's happening there. In other words, in in the the universe in front of you here, a a plonk moment in front of you Mm -hmm. just went through the red light. Bam! Got hit by a car. You're dead. That guy's dead. But you were just a moment of time before you went through that intersection. So you were behind him and you just got a fender bender. And then the you behind that, he slid by free and clear. And so this confusion, this change in probabilities, mm-hmm. it takes a moment for everything to settle back down to, oh, okay, this guy was killed in this universe, this guy was wounded in this universe, this guy made it all okay. Now everything's back to normal. Again, this is anthropic. That is life-preserving. Chris, stand by.
0: We've got to take a commercial break here. Chris Schweitzer is our special guest, www.chrisschweitzerbooks.com. And Chris and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Talkstar Radio Network and Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't go away, gang. Chris Schweitzer is our special guest exonation, www.chrisschweitzerbooks.com. Chris, we've got about three minutes left in this hour. I, I, wanted to, I want to thank you so much for joining us. You've certainly opened up a lot of eyes and have a lot of people wondering now. You, you were talking about the universe slightly ahead of us our universe, and the universe that is slightly behind us. Question, if something was to happen to our entire universe, what would happen to the other universes?
1: Nothing. There, there's an infinite number of them, which means uncountable. There's there's always another universe standing by. That, that In the 11th dimension, getting back to the 11th dimension... Mm-hmm. Uh, This infinite void, it it can never be filled. And there's an infinite number of universes floating around in the 11th dimension. And the 11th dimension has different areas, just like anything else. Some areas, it's very compacted with other universes, and they're banging into each other all the time. Then other areas of the 11th dimension, there's just one lonely little universe floating around out there.
0: Well wait a minute and, am I am I not correct in, in in remembering my basic science that that the atoms are always running around banging into each other as well so that if we extrapolate and look at the size of an atom compared to the size of a universe we have the same thing except on a much grander scale
1: Yeah it's called symmetry Right or, or if you want to be a physics guy it's called supersymmetry and that's everything reflects everything else. And for everything that there is, there's another corresponding one for every uh, little chip of matter. There's a piece of antimatter and they exchange back and forth all the time. What you're talking about with the moving atoms, that's called the Brownian movement. And that can be observed too with uh, uh, a microscope slide, a drop of acetone and some India ink. (laughs) So, People can see a lot of stuff and, and realize that you don't have to be in a physics laboratory. A piece of cardboard and a flashlight, a laser pointer and a glass of whiskey, or a, a drop of acetone and some uh, India ink. And you can see the stuff I'm talking about.
0: Chris, now, Chris we're, we're coming down to about uh, 40 seconds. Let our listeners know how they can find out more about you and um, what you're going to be up to in the near future.
1: Well, I'm having a book published. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to be out soon. You can find it at chrissweitzerbooks.com. The marketing department of the publisher is still working on the title. It's either going to be The Parallel Principle or The Anthropic Paradox. Mm. And uh, hopefully you'll be reading in Science Journal, uh, my theory is Continuous Manifold Singularity Induction.
0: Chris, we want, Chris, I'm sorry, we've just run out of time. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Chris Schweitzer has been our guest this hour, exon Nation. His website, once again, is www.chrisschweitzerbooks.com. I'll be back on the other side of this news break at six and a half minutes past. We're going to be talking to Nora Novak about art damaged as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network and Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't go away.